Coming up on another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, the Jets, are they back? The box office Jets? I don't know. Uh, but 4 new winners against Brisbane Raw last night in the A-League Men. Um, and yeah, returning to the winner's circle with a pretty emphatic uh, performance. I'll be joined by Cody Ajada to review that game. Matt Olson also checked in at the start of the podcast. He was live at the MPLWA Night Series that kicked off uh, yesterday as well. So um, yeah, a bit of bit of reporting duty for, for Matt Olson uh, on this podcast at the start. So uh, that's, uh, that was uh, good fun. Good fun to get some insight from him into, into what's going on over there with the uh, with the football season kicking off over in WA. Um, and yeah, on this feed as well of late, we've had a couple of mid-season reviews go up. So um, we had a massive um, Hay League men mid-season review. Me, uh, Matt Olson, and Jack Tuhill as well. So that's about two and a half hours long, uh, that podcast. So um, we've actually put timestamps on there so you can listen to our take, I guess, on each club at the halfway mark. And then Cody Ajada, who's who's our resident A-League women expert, along with Matt Olson, they also on their front page dub podcast did a mid-season review as well. Uh, and again, there's timestamps on that if you want to listen to just your club only um, and, and what we've kind of analyzed and, and given them in terms of grades. We also graded uh, the clubs as well. So yeah, a couple of couple of podcasts have been going up of late. Uh, it's been very busy on this feed. Uh, and as well, make sure, Front Page Football, check us out on socials, Twitter and Instagram, Front PG Football, on Facebook as well, Front Page Football, um, and LinkedIn as well if you if you fancy uh, checking us out on there too, um, and the website as well, frontpagefootball.net. This week, we had an interesting uh, interview go up with Hassan Jello, who is a uh, former NPL prospect, mainly played in the NPL New South Wales, currently getting ready for uh, a season in, uh, in Iceland. Uh, top flight football in Iceland. So um, really interesting story that Hassan had to had to um, share and uh, you can go check that out, frontpagefootball.net. Okay, that's enough from me for the intro. I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back with another mini right after this. Welcome back to another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, and tonight we are reviewing the Newcastle Jets. Box office Jets, are they back? Mm, might be, might be a little bit premature, but they beat the Brisbane Raw four nil, and uh, yeah, all four goals coming in the second half, and uh, a really entertaining performance by Arthur Pappas's side, and they're definitely back in the winner's circle with a yeah, yeah, as I said, fantastic performance tonight. So. 4-0 win, and I'm here with Cody Ajada and Matt Olsen. We'll get to Matt Olsen in a second because he's joining us from a special location tonight. Um, but Cody Ajada, uh, how are you doing on this lovely Friday evening? And I guess your initial thoughts on that game. Uh, good evening, Christian. Um, thought I'd not try and sound really formal there. Well, how am I doing? I am sunburnt in many places. Uh, I have no aircon in my room, so it is boiling hot. I've got the fan running. I do apologize if you can hear that in the back. But I'm talking football, so at least there is a positive to what is otherwise a pretty painful Friday night. Um, the Jets, I'm so glad they turned it on the second half, because I'll be honest, the first half was actually very, very dull. Whether that was on the Jets or on the Raw or a little bit of both, I don't know. I'm sure we're going to get into that very, very soon, though. But yeah, emphatic win from the Jets. 
they don't this season they haven't been on top of their game very often but when they're when everything's clicking for them they are such a good side to watch aren't they 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 are they are i think you, you know you saw kind of two sides and i'll bring that in in a second but you saw two sides of the jets tonight kind of in the same game where the first half it's it's just so frustrating to watch because it's actually from the defensive third into the midfield third, the Jets are probably as good as anyone in the league. Seriously, they can really build out really nicely and they can break the press down really well. But getting into the final third and carving out chances is is a real problem. Um, and the sluggishness that they have at times in the final third, the lack of, I guess, punch uh, can be frustrating. But then all of a sudden, the second half that just changed. changed um, and it's kind of like, wow, okay. Uh, where was this, guys? But, um, you know... They you could almost great. say they it's a great. lack of a silky Brazilian in the um, what do you say the that area between well, the middle well, and the final yes, third? Maybe a lack of Daniel Pena, but uh, and there was something mentioned in the commentary, but I think we might have seen a, a bit of an Aussie version of Daniel Pena out there tonight, which we'll get to later. Um, but Matt Olson is joining us from the NPLWA Night Series in in Bayswater, um, over over out west. Uh, he's not joining us from his uh from his uh, home tonight and uh matt just just bring us in um and i guess kind of i'll bring you in sorry and just kind of you know give a bit of background of, of where you are where you are you know what what this night series is all about and then and then i guess your thoughts on the result as well yeah um so i mean obviously great from the uh from the jets tonight um i'm not really sure that there's a lot more i can say than, than that because I've, I've unfortunately not made the game um the one thing that i will say is it's worth mentioning a lot about sort of conflicting schedules with the A-Leagues and, and the NPL, um, even though obviously I'm in a different state. Um, I just thought that, that, that that's something that I'm experiencing for the first time in my life. But yeah, look, the night series. Um, this particular um, scheduling of the night series is, is seems a bit early, earlier than usual to me, um, but I've not, I've not immersed myself in sort of pre-season stuff before. And certainly this is going to be my first time being accredited and obviously covering, covering the league. But obviously... Um, now this this event this this event is particularly big um, because it's the first time that I think WA is big hitters. I mean, if, if you if I were to ask you to name clubs from WA off the top of your head, you're probably going to name Basewater. You're probably going to name PSC, Sterling, Macedonia. Um, so these these clubs all being in one group is, is pretty culturally significant. And there's a good crowd out tonight, um, especially considering Basewater is pretty much like the easternmost club um, of the NPL. Um, so. Yeah, interesting to see. I mean, there's so many different um, cultural backgrounds out here as well. You know, I, I straight away walked into the ground tonight and I've just heard a bunch of people speaking, um, you know, different different languages, a bit of, you know, um, Italian and, and, and you know, a, a group of Macedonians, obviously, um, speaking their native tongue. So it's just really interesting to finally be immersing myself in this. And, and yeah, honestly, the game's already kicked off, right? It's been really really sort of end to end really really edgy fixture you can tell the boys are, are in for, for a good night and a great atmosphere so it's it's good to be a part of it can i just ask so is this give, give i guess the listeners because um particularly those maybe in over in the eastern seaboard um in sa as well get, give them a little bit of background into this this tournament is this something that's regular on the on the football west calendar is this a is this a new thing that's been brought in this year oh uh, no the night, the night series has been around for a very very long time um the idea has always been that um they play the night series sort of over the summer and then they play the grand final as sort of like the, the creme de la creme, a bit of a reward for a lot of NPL standard players to go and play the, the grand final of the night series 
um, at a Perth Glory home game. So one of Perth Glory's last home games, as we're sort of phasing into the cool weather, will be the grand final of the night series as like a, a, a so the opposite of a curtain racer because it'll be after the game traditionally. Um, so many, many late nights, especially coming out to, out to Basewater, right? You, you're staying till 10, 11 p.m. most nights. Um, and the grand final, especially being after an A-League fixture, it's always, yeah, it's always a, a really big um, shot. has literally just gone right past my face as I'm, as I'm talking. <laughs> um, so I must, have, I must have genuinely picked that ball up. But no, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always been a really big initiative. And something that I thought was more common as sort of a preseason cup in other states, um, but it's been something that, that WA have, because obviously it's, it's unique to us. And I've, I've, I didn't know that. I thought that this, uh, this was more common. Um, across the different communities um, within Australian football. But, yeah, um, it's, it's good vibes. Um, staying up late and um, enjoying sort of the end of summer, especially for school kids and stuff like that. Obviously, they, they'd be going back in a week or so. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's always um, an important way of sort of getting the football community back involved and sort of being a bridge between the A-Leagues and the NPL, despite, obviously, a lot of scheduling issues like what we've seen tonight. And, uh, okay, uh, just back on the Jets' Raw game, your quick thoughts on the Raw, seeing that result. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. Obviously, as you know, um, I, uh, I was speaking with Nick Olsen uh, <laughs> earlier today with regards to, uh, to Brisbane and the setup there. And I've learned some really interesting things that you'll see um, in the piece that I'm obviously about to release. But um, the biggest thing from that um, for me was just seeing sort of Brisbane's, Brisbane's almost bipolar form coming into this. Because if, if, if they've experienced some really high highs, not to forget that I gave them a B. <laughs> in the mid-season I was thinking review. that I was thinking that this whole time as this was happening. Like, oh my yeah, god, exactly. that also's got it so wrong. Exactly, and they've stepped out. They've stepped out and done this, you know. So it's um, it's interesting from a Brisbane perspective. Going to dissect it. Going to watch the press conferences later and catch up on all of that. But um, yeah, with with where they're with where they're at right now, it was a shocking result. And honestly, considering all everything that we've been speaking about in private with a lot of Nui guys about sort of Arthur Pappas and where he's at. Really, really shocking result for the Newcastle community and, and one that probably tells me that they're behind him more than anything. So it's, it's really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you mentioned it there. You've done an interview with Nick Olsen, who used to play at the Raw um, and currently is playing in Vietnam, another Aussies abroad who's going to feature on, on Front Page Football soon. That piece will come out hopefully very soon uh, on frontpagefootball.net. But uh, any just just anything you want to plug from that interview just, just real quick before you go? Um, yeah, mostly, mostly his chat about sort of the facilities at Brisbane and, and a really big scoop there, but also a really big scoop about his time in Vietnam and Kuwait and what it's like being an Australian getting some really weird transfer moves across Asia. So there'll be, there'll be a lot that we, we were talking for over an hour. So there's a lot of content coming out of that and I'm, I'm really excited to publish it. So, yeah. No, it's good to hear. Actually, interesting hey, you Matt, those. Um, yeah, yeah, one, one thing on the night series, actually, you said you're watching a whole lot of teams from different backgrounds, uh, a lot Ooh. of different communities there. What's the um, food like where you're at at the moment? Got anything interesting you want to share with us? <laughs> uh, I've, not, I've not had anything to eat yet, but I'll tell you. Um, w, one of WA's proudest imports, um, the beer single fin, is being served um, by the bottle. You can literally just walk in, get the glass bottle, walk back out and watch the game, which I, I've never seen at a sporting facility before. It's usually in like a plastic or a paper cup, right? So that's interesting. Um, but the food I have unfortunately not dug into yet. So I'll, I'll, I'll be getting into that over the winter, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, Matt, thanks for, thanks for briefly joining us. Um, and actually, that's what I was going to mention um, before Cody rudely cut me off. Um, but the, the, uh, the Bristol facilities, I was just uh, talking to someone today about their training 
uh, based at the moment, which is actually Brisbane Grammar uh, School. That's what I believe anyway, uh, right, as of right now, uh, is Brisbane Grammar High School uh, in, in uh, Queensland, which is one of the more prestigious kind of schools. Um, but it's actually quite impressive, uh, even though you, you hear it and you think, oh, no, it's a school. Uh, what does that kind of mean? But uh, apparently the, the facilities and stuff up there is quite quite good for Brisbane. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you've got more information on that uh, coming soon. Uh, anything anything else from you before you go? Um, no. Um, Perth, Perth are up 1-0. We've seen a good game, but obviously more, way more on that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, okay, don't wish us good luck uh, for the rest of the pod. That's fine. Oh, well, no. It's, it's, it's um, just have a good... Yeah, what I'll say, have a good post match when the when when uh, when you've stopped reporting. That's what I will say. All right, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, cheers, guys. Live at the uh, at the MPL WA Night Series in Bayswater. There, okay, uh, and we're back here. It's just going to be uh, the dynamic duo, myself and Cody Hajada. To to uh... you love to see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You mean you love to hear it? You love to love hear, to hear it. it. We love to see it. We we post clips of this. People will see it. That's true. That is true. Um, okay. So I reckon probably about 20 minutes and we'll just kind of deep dive a little bit more into into what this result means for both sides, I think, as well. Uh, and then look ahead to a couple of fixtures that we've if got for the rest of the week. one thing that I can just say quickly, yeah. actually, you did mention um, Matt's grading of the raw and how it's suddenly hopelessly wrong after one after tonight's result. I, I don't know if I'd say so. I know I think it was you and Jack Tui both said, see, they've kind of been very bang on average this season. Mm. I still think that's the case. You see it with a lot of A-League sides. There's always one anomaly result where they just get smacked. Things to kind of turn to shit. And eventually in this podcast, we are going to offer Jets a lot of praise. When we've got to remember, they had some poor results, um, especially early on in this season too. So it, it does happen. It's it's not something that... I don't think this is disastrous for Brisbane Raw. Um, it definitely is a culmination of some very, very dull performances, which we are obviously about to go into right now a little bit deeper. But... I don't know if I'd say that this is overly disastrous. So here's the thing, you know, yes, I understand what you're saying. Okay, you can't react, overreact to one result. Absolutely. But this Brisbane team cannot score goals. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Like, and and more to the point is that they don't look like scoring goals. So, you know, their last goal was Connor Chapman in the 56th minute and a 2-1 loss to Perth. Uh, back uh, that would have been 17 days ago on the 10th of January. So, I mean, this is kind of what we're, we're talking about, right? Their lack of goals, their lack of productivity in the final third is hurting them. And it's coming from, from me, it's coming from the fact that they are playing a negative style. Their mentality is is far too negative. Um, and they really need to, they really need to, you know, start to get on the offensive. Yeah, look, it's definitely a negative style. And, Usually, I'd counter that point where they don't score a lot of goals with the fact that they don't concede a lot either, but I don't know if that's the best analogy to put after a 4-0 loss. Um, one thing that I think I can say, you do need to take the, you do need to understand the issue as well of the fact that Charlie Austin is gone. There's no real recognized striker, at least an A-League level striker, that's going to be scoring your goals kind of week in, week out, that sort of thing. Um, I think if there's one player that I really, really liked tonight, it was Aeon Majok. Very, very raw. I he's st- you can tell he's still got a long way to go before he is probably that air leg striker that Brisbane Raw need. But early signs, I know you guys in South Australia will bang on about him a lot. But and it, it sucks because you look at a player like Aon Majoki, it actually probably suit maybe being in a bench position at somewhere like Newcastle Jets, where when they are on, they are playing uh, 
pretty exciting brand of attacking football, but him being at a side like Brisbane Raw, yeah, maybe that might stun his development a little bit. But if you bring in a player like that, that's probably got a little bit more experience. Suddenly, you guys have spoken about it on the podcast plenty, plenty of times. Brisbane need that kind of direct athletic striker. If Aon, if you have a player like Aon Majok, who maybe is just that little bit older, that little bit more experienced, it could answer probably a lot of questions that Brisbane will have. Yeah, no, I agree. So the thing about Ayum is interesting you mention him because, like, and you can see it, right? He is just, like, extremely fast. Uh, he's got to be one of the fastest players in the league, even though he's, even though he's just joined. He, he really is just, just lightning quick. But he does lack uh, a bit of technical refinement, right? Um, and, and that just comes from, you know, not being as exposed uh, yet to, to A-League football and, and professional environment. But what I would say is, you know, he's, he's not, you know, he's not the the long-term solution to this striker issue for Brisbane. They they do need to invest in in a proper um, foreign strike. I mean, look, they, they got Canardi. He looked okay, I guess, in his in his uh, cameo. I mean, the game was kind of done at that point anyway. But if, if I'm a Brisbane fan and they're going to invest in him as like a midfield option, but they're not going to invest in a foreign striker, then I'd be pretty annoyed. Well, look, I've spoken plenty of times about who I'd love to see um, Brisbane Raw bring in. They would need to take up a visa spot if they brought back Wenzel Halls. I am banging the drum about it. I think this is the third time I've mentioned it on a oh, podcast. No, I think he's spot on, seriously. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, you can see it too. He, it, it's a, it's a, how do I say it? it it's perfectly well, I mean, set it's, up for him to come in and do really well. Yeah, it's the profile they need. It's a guy who knows the club. You know, he, he, he knows, he knows what he's going to expect when he walks in there. Um, And I mean, just, you know, it's I know... also putting him in a comfortable surrounding as well, just at yeah. his stage of his career, where he's playing at West United, where obviously he's had those good times, they've just won the A-League, mm. but bringing him somewhere where he can be close to family, he's going to be in an area where he kind of grew up in, at least it's closer than what Melbourne is, and somewhere where he's going to be able to start playing regular football again. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. It's something that'll work out for all parties. West United get um have more of an opportunity to utilise Noah Bodic, but... um. Yeah, Brisbane Raw, if um, someone from the club's listening to this, please bring back Wenzel Halls. We'd love to see it. No, I agree. Um, and I think, look, Carlo Armanto had a pretty pretty poor night tonight. Um, I think he was a bit too goal-hungry, maybe, uh, in, in a sense. I saw a couple of comments. It's hard to say, because well. there, there was a lot of people that were poor from Brisbane Raw. Like, yeah, no, we, no, we no, 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 but I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm Against them, against them. Um, you know, Henry Hall wasn't up to scratch either. Joe Knowles was was very disappointing. I I wanted to really get a good look at Joe Knowles playing up front because you know he's had these kind of games where he's been playing as a wing back. That's one thing um, I've said before as well. If we saw yeah, Joe yeah. Knowles as a striker, yeah, it's a yeah. shame. It's a yeah, shame. It I, I shame still think because... he's, I still think he's got potential, mm. but yeah, it's not definitely wasn't. His... No, because I think there were real there were moments, and there was one moment where Tom Aldred absolutely lost it at him because he just wasn't really presenting for the ball, um, and his possession was getting turned over really, really easily. Um, I would say this from a Newcastle perspective, and and I guess we can change gears and talk about them a little bit. I think, although, I mean, let's let's not take away from the fact that Reno Piscopo ran ran that game tonight, in my opinion, particularly once the second half, uh, and and once they really got into that. Get, got into that attacking groove, but I think the German uh, or German um, and Carl Jenkinson partnership has actually been something which is kind of working for the Jets a little bit. Um, you know, they're a bit. I know against the Wanderers, they still considered a few chances, and it didn't look 
totally uh, solid, but they, they look good tonight. And I, th- I think you've got to give Pappas credit for the fact that Carl Jenkinson at fullback was never going to work in, in the system that he wants to play. Uh, and defensively, he was very suspect. Uh, uh, we remember that mini that we did when they lost 4-0 to the victory and Chris Economides was having a field day. I mean, Chris Economides is not having a field day against many fullbacks in the A-League right now, right? So... Um, yeah, I think he's he's been able to kind of reuse him as a right-sided centre-back, which is really smart coaching. And also when he's a, a foreign player, who's not going to want to sit on the bench. So it's it's good work there. Um, I think, yeah, Piscopo, I think we should talk about him because I think it, this, again, premature observation, but is he, he's now fit. He now looks ready. Is he the long-term Daniel Pena successor? Is, is that premature? Is that a fair kind of call? Remind me to go back to the sorry. Remind me to go back to the whole um Yerman Jenkinson Jenkinson um I was thinking Yerman Jenkinson that that didn't sound right. Well, I called him um, German. the Yerman Jenkinson before, partnership so. um after I talk about uh Piscopo yeah because the only reason why I'm not going to say Piscopo is a long term replacement for Daniel Penny is because I still don't think Piscopo is an out and out ten. I like Piscopo as a winger and you even saw him tonight. His um best moments came when he had space in front of him to kind of carry the ball forward. He's a natural winger. I'd love to see the Jets be in a position where they can use him in his natural position. But as a short-term solution, until you can kind of bring that new creative player in, um, look, it, it's, a, it's a cover. He can do the job well. We saw tonight he played absolutely brilliantly. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't think I am wrong saying this, his best night in a Newcastle Jets jersey so far. And you're talking about a player who especially towards the back end of last season under at the Knicks, there was, it was very small calls, but there was still a section of people saying maybe we should be using him for the Socceroos or giving him a look-in. Probably a bit far-fetched then, but you're talking about a player who has an unbelievable amount of talent. And you're also talking about someone who, and we have a lot of conversations about Forpado recently and how, oh, he's good enough for Italy, but not good enough to play for Australia. Piscopo went through the same situation. He was... Uh, captain at Inter Milan's youth teams growing up, uh, from memory, did represent Italy's youth teams as well. And just since he's kind of gone to that professional setting, hasn't reached the heights that we probably would have expected of him. The problem this season with him, I think, has just been that Newcastle Jets have very rarely played like they did tonight. So we haven't really been able to see the best of him. But you can see when he's in an attacking side or someone that a team that's really playing on the front foot often he's he's brilliant when he's got good people around him when he's got a team that's actually doing well he's a brilliant player to watch saw in the early all stars match as well mind you scored a goal that game and was absolutely fantastic there's a lot of people in Melbourne victory actually saying that he would have been a good replacement for Marco Rojas Mm. so you're you're talking about a very very good player like I said the only reason why he's not a long-term Daniel Pena replacement is just that he's not that type of player. It's just simple. It's pretty much as simple as that. But you're talking about someone who, if the Newcastle Jets can build a team around him again, he's definitely a long term solution to at least help build a successful team in a way. No, I agree. Um, and so Piscopo, yeah. So under 15, under 16, and under 17 level, he he represented Italy. So there you yeah, go. I was about um, to sound a 20. So I'm glad I didn't go that far. I knew, yeah, no, I knew no, there he- was a stage where he was representing Italy, though. Yeah, but so Australia under twenty, he, he has he has appeared for, uh, and of oh, course okay, the yeah. and of course the Oli Roos. So there you go. Um, just just for a bit of knowledge on on Reno Piscopo there. Yeah, no, I think th- here's the thing about. I mean, it, it'll be interesting for Pappas when he reviews this. Does he kind of look at it more as okay, maybe 
there was a bit too much space for for Piscopo for for Thurgate, and that's why they thrive so much in those areas. Mainly, mainly looking at Piscopo here, and really, he is still winger. Or does he really look at it and actually say, like, you know, the technical quality of this guy, the way he beats guys basically on the half turn, um, and and just took the Brisbane midfielders out of the game in, in many sequences, um, and his ability to drive a defense and and a defense to react to that, you know, it's kind of eye opening in a sense though as well. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I I agree. He's still. He, if you look at his career, his best position is a winger, right? Um, but you know there is potential there for him to play as a ten. Um, he can cover guy, there. I think I'd still yeah. like to see him more often as a winger. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they'll kind of look. The thing the thing is the the big thing for Newcastle now is that Pappas can't get too much in his own head and start changing things too much again, right? Because now that's a winning formula team. That's that's got the job done. So you don't want to now go into next week and let's shift Piscopo out wide and let's, you know, like let's take Sotero out or like, you know, do all this kind of freakish stuff with it, if you know what I mean. Um, See, so, yeah. when you talk there, I 100% agree with you. And the main thing is, I know I said Piscopo is a good player out wide, but you saw how he played tonight. Like you said, you don't change things up. You don't change, after, yeah. you don't change things up after a result like that. And I wouldn't want to see Piscopo moved out of that position until the Jets actually have a ready-made replacement to go in that role. I think that's mm-hmm. probably... It won't happen in the transfer window, of course. I think it's way too late for that, especially to bring in someone of the quality of, say, a Daniel Pena, unless they... um Apparently, Mijewski is available, so if they want to go for a cheeky bit on that one. Well, they've but, also um, got they've also got uh, Sato, of course, who's... That'll who's, be an interesting one, too, Yeah, actually. yeah, yes, that'll be an interesting yes, one. Yes, yes, forgot about that. Of course. Yeah, no, no, that's right. That's why I'm in here, so... <laughs> but um yeah no look if Biscopal is able to fill that role in the short term 100% keep him there but until then or until the end of the season maybe review again see if you can bring in that kind of profile player and then push Biscopal into a natural position because imagine if you had Pena and Biscopal or at least someone like Pena and Biscopal in the same team with well, Mikotad's up top yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Mikko Tadze, you know, he's always going to be starting up front. And I think actually, just on Mikko Tadze quickly, Jack Jack Tuhill made a really good point actually in in our mid-season review pod talking about Mikko Tadze and basically saying he hasn't got the service. Like when he gets the service, I think he'll he'll start the score. And and what do you know? Like he, he scores tonight and he was much more involved and he looked really great tonight. So I think I think the concern around him was probably a little bit um premature. Um and just on the point around Sato and now how he figures into this. Now my understanding is that he's more of a winger. So does that mean that they are thinking Maybe Piscopo is a 10 more long-term anyway, and, and Saito is going to play on one side, and maybe Sotirio and Bahaja are going to fight for the other side. Um, I don't know. Let's let's wait and see, I guess. So the result then leaves the Jets now in ninth above Brisbane. Actually, they moved above Brisbane uh, into ninth, and they are now... So we've now got four teams on 17 points. MacArthur in sixth, Sydney in seventh, Perth in eighth, and Newcastle in ninth. All 17 points, all... Uh, yeah, MacArthur leading uh, well, above all those teams because their goal difference is better. Uh, and now we've got Brisbane have dropped down a 10th. It's now three wins, seven draws, and four losses from ten, uh, from 14 games. Most concerning, though, 10 goals in 14 games. Uh, and that just has to change if they want to make the finals. Simple as that. Okay, let's, uh, let's move along then. Let's have a look at the games um, happening today uh, and then the one game tomorrow as well. So... Wellington Phoenix and Perth Glory is the early game happening today, which is uh, which is a very interesting one. I think uh, we've got Perth um, who are not who are not at Macedice, so um, you know Perth gonna have to find a way to win away from home. Um, and then again, they're not at Sky Stadium either, so it's an interesting one. They're playing at Palmerston uh, this week, uh, Wellington, 
at home to Perth in Palmerston. And um, I'm going to throw you. I'm going to throw you a question here. When do you think the last time? This is the second time Wellington are playing a home t- home game in Palmerston. And when do you think the last time was that they played at home in Palmerston? I know this yeah, one. You're, uh, look, I I love New Zealand. I actually think it's a very very nice place. Um, I couldn't tell you where Palmerston is. So. <laughs> no, I couldn't either. But I just know the stats, so I'm just going to get a arrogant about it. Uh, oh yeah, well done. You're making me look stupid. Um, I'm going to take a guess. It was. I'm not going to say a year because I know I'm going to get it completely wrong. Was it before 2013? Yes. Yeah, I had a feeling because I don't look. I've a little bit of history about myself. I think it was the 2012-13 season that really I started getting invested in the A League. So anything that happened before then. I'm still trying to. I'm really, I'm really testing now. if Cody's a real A League OG. Okay, uh, it was 2009. It was 2009. 2009. Oh, uh, that's, they were they weren't even a year old. I was seven years old, so like I'm, I'm being Wellington I, weren't they weren't they founded in 2008? Uh, or 2007. Now you put me on the spot. Yeah, um, now I'm putting you on the spot. There you go. Now you are putting me on the spot. But it was 2009. Hey, Steve Corrig actually scored the winner for Sydney FC one nil. Um, oh, wow! So there you go. They were founded in two thousand seven. Um, two thousand seven. So they were two years old. Two years. Two years old. <laughs> of course, I don't know. I was nine years old, man. <laughs> Fourteen years later, they're back in Palmerston and they're taking on this resurgent Perth Glory team. Uh, just give us a brief thoughts on on this one. We'll see if they'll play in a Sky Stadium. I'd say this is a very not straightforward uh, game for Wellington Phoenix. But look, them at home. You mentioned before Perth are very very good at home. They've had their struggles going on the road. Wellington Phoenix, on the other hand, have been very, very good at home. Now you're taking a home game to another part of the country. While I'm on a tangent, can you just check if it's in the North or South Island? Because that's probably going to sway what I'm thinking as well a little bit. Sorry. Sorry, Kiwi listeners. Sorry. Very sorry. Yeah, look, we're from Australia. We're not well-versed in New Zealand geography. Like I said, I love the country. Beautiful place. I really want to go back there. Central Energy Trust Arena uh, is the name of the stadium uh, in Palmerston North the north island so there you oh, go okay. it so it's not part. too far from home it's still where kind of the main football population is in the country yeah look i'd probably still say they got that home advantage i don't see perth winning this game what i will say is i think it'd be close perth are on a good run of form they're, they're definitely going to have a bit of fire in them and they're probably going to want to prove a point that they can do their thing away from home as well but they haven't traveled in a while they're probably still going to have to get used to that Wellington phoenix very very strong at home i think both teams will score but yeah, I'd say maybe 2-1 Wellington. Um, yeah, that's basically all I have to say on that. And then we've got Sajowski and MacArthur. Sajowski making his managerial debut against Western United. Um, this is an interesting one, eh? Um, because Milan Sajowski, to win his first game would be a big deal. MacArthur, in terms of top six kind of aspirations, a, you know, a win would be huge, particularly with Newcastle winning tonight, right? Um, and then you've got Western United, um, who are kind of on a slight resurgence, but maybe they're not playing the most convincing football. So, uh, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? They can play all unconvincing football they want. They won the league last year playing unconvincing football too. They are a side but they, were de- they were defensively better than than probably what they've been. I mean, against Sydney, they were lucky, right? They, they were a bit lucky. Mm, I don't know. Like, I think there is still kind of shades of that side from last season coming back where they do have that defense facility and they're able to just take a chance going forward, even if it does take an absolute thunderbolt from bloody Diamante. I was going to say something else I probably shouldn't on the plot. Uh, thunderbolt? <laughs> thunderbolt for that? I thought it was more just like a 40-yard chip. Of it was a 40-yard chip. I was going to say something delicate. else. And delicate is the that. word you want. Delicate. Delicate. Oh, delicate. It was beautiful. The point is, it was Exquisite. a great goal. 
That's what I'm trying to say. Whatever word you want to describe it, it was beautiful. There we go. That's that's probably the best way to describe it. It was a thing of beauty from Diamante. You also got to take in the fact this is going to be Stojowski's debut. The only time I've really seen him in senior football was taking, uh, well, in the NPL, taking on MacArthur's youth team. What I'm intrigued about going, moving forward is if he is going to bring some of those players through the system because mm. they do have a good... There's a, there's a few good players in that NPL side, some that probably should have gotten opportunities so far but haven't yet. So I'm very, very intrigued to see if Zajowski actually does kind of start uh, kind of filling those players through the side into the first team, even if it's not regularly because there are a number of talented players in MacArthur's side, but even just some opportunities off the bench. So I think that's kind of a storyline that'll play over the next few weeks that at least I'm intrigued by. But if I'm talking about this match itself, look, West United are on a good run of form. There's been a lot of turmoil about MacArthur this week. Yeah, I think I think West United are going to have this. No, nah, I disagree. Uh, I think I think it's a MacArthur win or draw. I think they're going to be out to prove, you know, uh, pe- some people wrong after after that, you know, the week that it's been. Um, and I can see them coming out playing with a bit more intensity, a bit more aggression, um, and you know, maybe this could be a nil all. To be honest, that that that's a possible possibility, um, or or a MacArthur win. Um, so, oh, look, so, talking yeah. about Sajowski. I've actually seen a little bit of him coaching when um I was a SAP coach at Blacktown Spartans very, very briefly. And when I was there, Stajowski was actually um one of the NYL side, not NYL, yeah, and MPL side, sorry, MPL side. He had um he was the head coach for one of those sides and the assistant for the team that I was working in. So I got a little bit of insight into at least how he does manage slightly. But you're talking he's someone that does set very high standards for um expectations for his players. Um, definitely very high standards in terms of how you carry yourself um, in a professional manner. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely not going to be a pushover game for MacArthur. No, no, definitely not. Um, and actually, I'll just plug uh, John Aloisi All Access, A-League All Access. I thought that was a, that was a good episode. Um, I really, very good episode. Tell you what I was not expecting, uh, John Aloisi to give uh, tactical instructions to Leo Lacroix in Spanish. Um, so Why not? Oh, uh, oh. Sorry, I forgot. We've got our resident Spanish um, Spanish person on this podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, You're talking he's, of... He, he's, he's actually in Spain he, for he, a while. I shit you not. I shit you not. He's wearing a Spain jersey and he's got a Spanish flag in the background. And um, he's got a Spanish so, scarf there next to the soccer is one. Yeah, and I literally have not realized that as I was saying that. Um, so, But he yeah, played no, in Spain for a while, so he's going to know the language. When David Villa came to the A-League... No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I didn't, David I didn't expect Spanish. It. Yeah, I know. I just didn't expect him to actually like... Like, oh, shit. Okay. Like even Leo Lacroix, like shit, I didn't know. Uh, he, That's the part that does surprise me, actually. There I you will, go. I will, I'll give you credit there. There you go. There you go. All right. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, you know what? You know what? Let's um actually focus on the Sunday game first. So Melbourne City, Adelaide United. Because I want to leave this other game till last because it's probably the game of the round. So we've got on Sunday Melbourne City taking on Adelaide United. That's three o'clock uh, Eastern time, um two thirty if you're in SA, um and probably six a.m. in the morning if you're in uh, WA. Um, so <laughs> anyway, oh, I love WA slander. Oh, WA time slander is is just so easy to make jokes. Um, so Melbourne City, Adelaide United. I think. Uh, Personally, I think Melbourne City gets, yeah, they get back in the winner's circle here. Adelaide United, um, Lockie I'm Marshall having gets, a massive brain fade. Yeah. Uh, is Adelaide hosting this game or Melbourne City? No, 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 no. It's in Melbourne. It's in Melbourne. It's, in Melbourne. That's, it's a double yeah, header. Look. It's actually a double header with the, uh, with the dub fixture. So that'll happen after this game, um, with Melbourne City taking on Adelaide United. I can actually, if, if you want to do some dub preview as well, I can actually see both Adelaide teams taking the L, um, in, yeah, in I was about to say, this seems like this seems set up for yeah. a six pointer for Melbourne City. I yep. think both games will be close, though. Oh, look, we're meant to be talking about the early men, so I'll focus on that a little bit more. 
But Adelaide aren't going to make this easy for City. Their side that's always going to have a point to prove, especially even though they won last week. There does seem to be a bit of angst about the side where they haven't been very convincing since the um, return from the World Cup. So a game like this, they're going to come out firing. Yeah. No, uh, and I think um, for Adelaide, yeah, just just maybe don't get a red card this week. Um, that'll that'll probably be a good <laughs> idea. Be. Yeah, yeah, that'll probably be a good idea, particularly when you're playing a side like Melbourne City. So yeah, just 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 try not to get sent off, guys. Okay, let's finish this one off um, with with the game of the round: Central Coast Mariners taking on Western Sydney Wanderers. Unfortunately, I won't be able to watch this game, which I'm a little bit annoyed by. But you know, it is it is going to be a very interesting game to uh, to tune into. Um, what? This is this has got a lot of interesting, I guess, storylines around. I mean, if the Mariners kind of win, um, then that would have been twice that they've been in the Wanderers this season. Um, and you know, for yeah, like for for them to do a double over a team that's right near them would be a pretty big deal. The Wanderers, um, Morgan Schneiderlin apparently has set the sign for them, uh, as reported by RBTV, um, and potentially, um, you know, a new striker coming in. Thank God, Suleiman Kerpic uh, is potentially leaving the A League men. Uh, that's that's all I will say. Uh, and Cody, I'll let you um, let you uh, kind of take off and and talk a little bit about this game. Uh in terms of fixtures, I don't think it gets. A lot more exciting. The second game is always going to be one to watch, but a game like this where Western, not Western United, Central Coast Mariners, I'm still thinking on that conversation before. Central Coast Mariners, they are a very, very good team going forward. Wanderers probably haven't shown as much recently, but a very, very good team at the back. It's all, it's already set up to be kind of one way traffic at least, mm. but the Wanderers, especially with our Cooper up top. That they're a side that they're a bit like Western United last season, where they'll get that one opportunity going forward. Especially when you've got someone like Brendan Barella on the field, who has shown in a counter-attacking system, he is absolutely fantastic. So, whoa, all right, you're high on Brendan Barella. Um, maybe I egg that on a bit too much because the way I, I'm saying that, I'm making that like he's one of the best players in the league should be playing for the Socceroos. <laughs> Not that far, but I think the best way I can say it is for the system that the Wanderers play they probably couldn't ask for a better player. I think that's that's the best way to put it. He's not your out-and-out winger. He's probably more of that kind of wide midfielder. He can get up and down a lot of energy, but a lot of class on the ball as well and can produce those moments of magic. We saw it against Melbourne City. So you are talking about someone who can make a difference in this match, but so many so many young players to watch in this game, so many um, very, very good internationals coming into the league this season to watch in this game. And the Wanderers and the Mariners, they've got a storied history since they come into the competition as mm. well. So always an exciting match. And they're playing at the best stadium in the world. The the best stadium in the world. Um, Show me a stadium where you can have palm trees, sauce bottles, and an ocean view. You know what? I'm speechless. I am speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. That's, that's you know, you dumped me there with that argument. Um, it's and- not coming back from it, is it? <laughs> No, there actually isn't. There genuinely isn't. Um, if you're in my shoes just then and you just heard those words, um, you know, you'd you'd think the same thing. So yeah, you really can't beat that. Um, on the on the Wanderers, I mean, there's a lot happening on them, right? Uh, at the moment, uh, Ron Tonyik has just been loaned out uh, to an Iranian club, um, which is which I guess interesting. He hasn't really had had a chance to kind of prove himself there. And then there's also reports RBTV, who are who are now the new massive Western Sydney Wanderers insider. Um and they're reporting as well that um Rami Nazarene, would they expect maybe Rami Nazarene to potentially follow an exit, which would be probably quite disappointing, um, to be honest. I mean that's that's probably another club who's who's kind of giving up on Rami Nazarene, which is a little bit disappointing. Look, you're talking 
three players. Krupic, he needs to go. He's very, very ineffective as a striker. Tongik, you say he hasn't had the chance to prove himself. I will Every pay time... for Suleiman Kerp just fly out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking Ron Tongik hasn't had the chance to prove himself at the Wanderers. I've seen him step on the field. He's probably played more games than this, but I remember two games in particular. One being the Mariners game and one being the Melbourne City game. Mm-hmm. And both those games, he was the worst player on the pitch. So, sayonara. Don't All need right. him. <laughs> um, and Rami Nazarene, I do like him, but the Wanderers just can't seem to find a spot for him in the side. They've got a well, lot but of he's been for... playing. He's, he's been playing, He's right? been playing so, recently, yeah. but I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that the Wanderers, that they don't feel like there's a need for him. Jason Cummings should be back as well. So um, definitely, definitely shouldn't be the. Oh, well, he's definitely going to be yeah. playing. This is all access week. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so yeah, come dog, all access. I literally am so excited um, for that. So yeah, that's going to be fantastic. I want, right, him, I want something beautiful to watch on the, like, next Thursday night. Please give us something. Give him, give, let him get a hat. No, don't let him get a hat trick. I already Make him listen, earn a hat trick. But listen. please let him. Please make sure he scores a hat trick. Yeah, there's that. But listen, I already saw the preview and there's like it's like Jason Cummings talking about how there's there's like Jason Cummings and then there's an alter ego cum dog. And as soon as I heard those words, I'm like, literally take me to Thursday fucking right now. They've only like, filmed half the episode and it already looks action packed. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, really looking forward to they that. They need a forty minute episode for him. I want extended I want extended yeah. leagues all access. Fucking sixty minutes. Who cares? Um okay, quick quick prediction for this game and then we'll wrap it up. Um, high scoring game. Uh, I reckon you know I'm going for a really exciting one. Mariners four two. Mariners four two. Ooh, yeah, interesting, interesting. Very uh, late goals. I don't think Wanderers will be broken down very quickly, but I think Mariners will get their goals in the end. Okay, I think I think the Wanderers uh, from from what I'm kind of reading and stuff, they might have a big away presence at this game as well, which I think could help them. I think I'll go. Ooh, I'll go two all draw. I'll go two all draw. I forgot game. about that away presence. I will go for three. <laughs> away presence. I say goal. this out of hope. Watch this game be nil all. All right, Cody. Top stuff. Um, that'll conclude another mini of this. Uh, yeah, of these minis uh, that we do every week. So um, yeah, interesting, interesting result tonight. That's for sure. Questions for Brisbane and uh, good positive signs for Newcastle. Although let's hope. Let's hope, I mean, next week, next week, if they win 3-0 or something, then the box office jets are back, but they're not quite back yet. So uh, let's just hold off on that uh, on that talk. But I've been your host, Christian Marchetti. He's Cody Ajada. That's going to wrap up another episode of the mini podcast, and you can listen to us in the next one next week. See you then. 